Blog Talk Radio. Org, and today we're speaking with Rich Lazara, the Vice President of Lazara Yachts, and equally important, the third generation of his family to be involved in the company. When the Lazara 76 debuted in the early 1990s, it really took the yacht industry by storm, featuring design elements never before seen on an American-built yacht, or one marketed to American buyers for that matter. The yard also allowed some customization, and continues to allow buyers to tailor their yachts to their liking. In fact, whether you see a Lazaro 106, a 110, or a 116, no two are exactly alike. Lazaro continues to strive for and achieve innovation with its yachts, and its 116 is about to be eclipsed by a larger model, which is so new that the press release hasn't even gone out yet. Rich is here today to talk about that yacht, as well as some other projects going on at Lazaro. So let's get started. Rich, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. Thanks for having me, Diane. Nice to be here. Terrific. Glad to have you here. So let's jump right into it. You just signed a contract for a 120-footer. It's probably a safe bet that few people even knew that Lazara was working on such a, such a model. So when did the notion arise, and how long was it between that point and when the drawings were completed? Yeah, well, about four years ago, uh, we started designing the whole LSX line, and uh, <clears throat> This October, it'll be three years since we launched the very first one, which is a 75-footer. And then last October, we introduced the 92-footer. And so anyways, when our design staff was looking at it originally, um, anytime we're designing a new series of yachts, we're looking at various sizes that the uh, design can scale through. And and we saw a market opportunity, certainly at the larger end. And um, while there are other manufacturers out there, we felt there was an opportunity to do some unique things uh, in a bigger LSX line. And so, you know, the, the initial thought process of it was four years ago, but really focused in on what the uh, length of it would be and when we would announce it started in uh, October of uh, last year. It was really when we started putting the initial sketches and the engineering um, uh, research into it and um, kind of came to fruition over this summer in terms of putting it out there one client at a time. Um, we weren't introdu- in- interested in introducing this like we had with the LSX-92 where we put out a bunch of renderings to the marketplace um, almost six months prior to the boat being done. Um, in this particular case, we felt it would be best to do one-on-one presentations just for the magnitude of the project as well as um, being able to um, keep it under the radar in terms of um, our competition and whatnot. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, whether you began approaching only Lazara, current Lazara owners or started to open it up to other potential people as well. Well, both. I mean, one of the um, things that we we see at the boat shows is is obviously we come in contact with a lot of prospects, and generally that's where we get our ideas for the next product. I mean, they'll come on the boat in the instance of the LSX-92, and and um, there's always those guys who say, you know, I love this boat, but I just need it to have 
be bigger, need it to have this or need it to have that, or I was looking for something in 100-plus foot range. If you made an LSX with this styling and these amenities that was a 100-plus footer, we'd be interested. I think from that feedback that you get on your existing product, you come back and formulate, okay, is this you know, only uh, an occurrence that happens off now and again, or is this a reoccurring theme? And if there's a reoccurring theme, is there a business opportunity for that market segment? And when we showed the 92 in, in Lauderdale, and it actually sold this past uh, October in Lauderdale, and then we showed it again in Miami and then in Palm Beach. It's only been in three shows um, and, and has not even made an international boat show debut. But one of the themes that we, we heard was there's an opportunity for a larger uh, LSX line and some of the amenities that a larger boat can offer. And uh, so we approached um, those people first because they showed an interest, obviously, in wanting the LSX um, but something bigger. And then um, we also did approach some existing LSX owners that uh, had talked about wanting bigger boats and maybe the 92 wasn't big enough, and um, so we approached them as well. But um, it wasn't more than a half dozen um, prospects that we directly went to that had shown interest in the past. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good focus group. <laughs> it is a good focus group. I mean, again, there's not a lot of... Um, as these, especially these express boats get larger and larger, you get you get to the numbers where there's fewer manufacturers, and um, there's just fewer opportunities for a prospect to to build a boat, um, express boat at that size. And so, mm-hmm. um, while there is, there are companies out there that are doing it. Um, what we were finding was people loved the LSX styling and some of the innovation that's existing in it um, now. And so what they didn't like, though, was the fact that it wasn't big enough to meet their needs in certain areas. And I mean, while you may say, well, 92-foot LSX is, is plenty big enough or is huge, I mean, there's guys out there that wanted more stuff or wanted bigger rooms or wanted more deck space accommodations. I mean, it's larger crew quarters for chartering of the boat, et cetera. It's really, a, a, um, you know, meeting their needs in a different way. Right, right, makes sense. So let's talk about some specifics, if we can, about the 120. It sounds like the styling is going to be that family look of the LSX models, um, but will there be other tweaks to it or uh, other features inside that will set it apart? Yeah, I think um, certainly so that, that people can understand that, number one, as soon as they look at it, they recognize it's a Lazara LSX. That, that family resemblance will be evident right from the get-go. Um, but one of the things that, that you obviously want to do is um, not just make a bigger LSX. I mean, you want to be able to bring um, features to that product that are um, parallel with that magnitude of the size of the boat and uh, the market segment that it'll be in, and so that it's not just a bigger LSX 92 or 75. And so there is uh, some new innovations that, that we're developing on the interior, um, one of the things that you you saw introduced in the 75 is a lot of um, some transparent glass and long sight lines. I think you're going to see a lot more of that in this boat, um, including walls and maybe not just um, windows for those that have been through our LSX. Um, really opening up these spaces that are very large. Um, some of the other technologies that you're going to see um, is really focused on um, the electronics of the boat, the brains of the boat, if you will. 
Um, right now on most of boats that are out there, you have a, a lot of companies that while they maybe make an AV system that integrates the boat and you might have a navigation system that's integrated with each other, um, there's very few that are tying a whole boat system that's literally monitored the entire boat from AV to appliances to navigation. There's a huge opportunity to be able to um, leverage some new technologies there. That'll be one area that we're really focused on. Um, and then some of the other things are just the um, new technologies to make this boat and keep this boat light um, in terms of uh, materials that we're going to be using on the inside, whether it be the furniture or flybridge, um, some new materials that we're developing in that area. And then um, it'll have a whole new drive system, um, which I can't really go into detail about, but know that it will certainly utilize the pod technology that we introduced in the 75 and then um, introduced a bigger version in the 92. Um, this will be an all-new um, drive technology that has never been done before, and um, so we'll continue that trend as well so that not only are you gaining um, efficiencies, which the Express Boat 7592 did through their pod systems, but you gain so much more volume on the inside of the boat because these engine rooms have become so much smaller with use of, of smaller engines and multiple right. installs. Right. And that that's one of the things I thought was so good about the 76 and the 92. And then just the, the aspect of the yacht being so much more maneuverable, that really, I think, has taken the intimidation factor out of it for a lot of people. You know, most people would tend to have a captain or crew for a yacht in, in definitely in the 120-foot range. But for the 75, you know, you really could see it go either way. You could see some people want to be owner-operators as well as people who would prefer to have a professional captain running the boat, but if it ever came to the point where they did need to or just wanted to run the boat themselves, it, it made the boat feel like a, such a much smaller boat than it was. Yeah. And, and speaking about the, the larger express boats, 120 and up, that are out there, you know, when you start getting into that size, majority of those boats um, are going to use some type of um, jet drive, um, usually at that length. Um, maybe in ours, but most of them are going to be using a jet drive. So it's when you talk about piloting the boat, again, at 120 feet, you're not going to have any owner-operators out there. You're going to have captains. But I will tell you, when it comes to navigating and driving a jet-powered boat, water jet-powered boat, versus uh, a non-one, it's, it's a whole other level of experience that you even have to have. And so, therefore, finding the right captain and the right crew it can't just be a person who's run a 100-plus uh, foot boat. It has to be a person who has experience with water jets as well. And so now you've just limited your pool of being able to find captain and crew and, and mate. But the 120 that we're developing will use a pod drive system. And so while the easy maneuverability might not be um, a benefit to the owner directly, because, again, he's probably never going to maneuver this boat, it will be uh, an advantage to him indirectly by opening up that pool of, of captains and crew that he can pull from much larger than the jet boats. The other thing with the jet drives um, is inherently they're just inefficient at lower speeds. I mean, a jet drive's most efficient at the upper end, at higher end speed. But if you want to cruise at, at, or travel at 20 knots, 22 knots, um, not that this boat will cruise at that because this boat will cruise at 28 knots 
and uh, be above 30 knot speed top end. But again, if you want to drop back into those lower speeds and get the long range out of it, a jet boat is just so inefficient at those lower speeds. And that's typically what you see in those 120 plus foot express boats. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a market opportunity to be able to offer an efficient, um, efficiently um, boat at 120 feet that also has the express boat lines and the express boat appeal and all those things that 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 appeal to clients in uh, the large express boats. Right, right. Now, a minute ago, you were talking about uh, technology, how the boat will have some some more advances in comparison definitely to what's already on the market, but to build upon what you've already done with the LXS line. I know you've had Microsoft um, involved with the 92, um, well, when the 92 premiered, you had the Surface Technology display at your stand, and you've been talking with Microsoft a lot over the past couple of months. Is there going to be a relationship with them in particular with the 120, and can you discuss any of that? Yeah. Uh, I can. There will be a direct relationship with them specifically on the 120, and they're being brought in to consult with us on a couple of things. I mean, as these boats get bigger, and quite frankly, even our 75, you're you're really starting to see um, a complexity of systems that are on most modern boats, whether they're LSX, uh, motor yachts, Lazaras, or non-Lazaras. These systems are all becoming more and more complex. And What's inherent in all of them is that while some of the systems, you know, quote-unquote, talk to each other or can be networked, there's many disparaged systems throughout the boat that don't. And so one of our ideas was to, again, is how can we tie as many systems together, again, making the operation of this boat easier. And um, you're seeing it in any modern car today. You just get more and more technology, again, that's all integrated but really having a company that can come in and um, help us look at the entire boat system. I mean, again, there are companies out there that I understand that control lighting and control AV and even control ship monitoring system, and you can even tie some of that stuff together. Um, but you really start getting into um, big expense as these boats get bigger and using those systems and maybe a level of complication that you don't need, and that's our philosophy, that, that uh, some of these systems that are out there are more complicated even than need be. But then you get engines and generators, and they don't want to speak the same language, or they don't want to um, give out their information, so to speak, so they can be networked. Um, I mean, you might see this on, on uh, you know, I take it the Maltese Falcon and the network that that gentleman put in that boat. Again, at that magnitude and with that kind of money, yeah, it's doable. But how do we bring that same philosophy into boats? Granted, a 120-foot boat is, is a big boat, no doubt. But how do we bring that into the production environment? And this will be a production boat. So how do we take those type systems and put them into a production environment that's repeatable over and over again and most importantly makes the operation of the vessel um, easier for the captain and the crew and for the owner as well? And... Um, that's one of the reasons we approached um, Microsoft multiple years ago was to ha help us in the retail environment, which you mentioned, the Surface. And that was kind of a, a launch platform for us to introduce our prospects to um, that kind of interface, is really natural interface. Next step is to bring it into the boats and then 
the phase three will be actually having them design stuff that helps us integrate the systems within the boat. And so it's kind of a, a tiered um, introduction of them into boating. And again, why would they want to participate in that? And for Microsoft, the opportunity is to get new technologies in front of people that can help them leverage that stuff. The analogy that they give to us, because it's a question I even ask, you know, what, what do you want with the boat builder in Tampa, Florida? And for the surface technology, for those that have seen it, you operate it with your hands, manipulating and interfacing with the computer. They view that as, if you think back to the days of the plasma TVs when, you know, years and years ago, if we put a 50-inch plasma TV in, it cost $30,000. But you saw them in the mega yachts first. And so that's was the first market that they you really started appearing in. And then, you know, now you can walk into any Best Buy and buy them and they're much more affordable. That's their philosophy with this whole surface technology and some of the um, some of the cloud computing technology that they have coming out is introduce it into the high-end market, and granted it's expensive now, but the more it gets introduced, that friend has somebody who will buy one who has buy one, so you start getting market acceptance that way. I mean, our industry isn't the only industry they're doing this with, but they're really focused in on high-end industries, introducing the technology so that as the price of producing these things comes down, it can gain market acceptance. Right. So it was being in the right place at the right time, really. Yeah, for sure. Good, good. So when will construction begin on the 120, and when is the anticipated debut date? Yeah, we started the um, – when we make the uh, the home plug is what will be done first, and the deck plug – um, we have a five-axis router here on, on site in Tampa. So we'll start um, carving the hull plug here first, actually start next week, and um, then from that we'll make the mold. And we'll have a hull on the floor um, by November of this year. And then the deck plug is kind of simultaneously being designed, and then it will be carved. And um, we'll actually outsource the deck at the same so that we can be working on the hull while the deck plug is outsourced. So that can be going on in the same elapsed time, and so we can gain some efficiency there. But we'll have a deck on the floor in February, and the boat's set to de- debut in August of uh, 2010. Oh, very good. So the fall boat show is for sure. Terrific. Yeah. Getting it to the getting it out prior, one of our um, goals was to get it out prior so that going into the, that season, that show season, we can have, a lot of the press ramped up and the marketing material and the pictures and the reviews and all that so that we're going into a boat show with that stuff um, already in hand. Right, right. Makes sense. Well, well, we'll have to wait a little while longer, obviously, now for that 120. There are other projects that you're working on that we won't have to wait as long for. Um, why don't you give us an update on the LMC-76? Yeah, the, the, the Lavera Motor Cruiser, the 76-footer, which is going to utilize um, – Three of the Cummings drives, the Pod Drive Zeus system, was their marketing name for it. But that uh, is scheduled to be out by the end of this year. Our original um, deadline was for this fall show, and uh, certainly with the slowdown in the economy and, and um, our summer shutdown, which lasted through July, we've had to push out that time frame to a later date. So that'll be done by the end of this year. Um, and one of the things with that particular boat is that's the first motor yacht um, to utilize 
a triple zoo system, three of, of any Zeus, but triple zoo system. And so some of the development that goes into, we actually ran the, the test boat um, over the summer, and it was just a hull and a deck, a shell. Um, and we were able to get a lot of testing and feedback of that. But um, really getting that boat um, engineered, designed, and uh, so that it's most efficient and, again, does what we want to do. That boat we actually want to be able to run um, on one engine uh, or two or three so that you can, if you, for instance, are going to run over to the Bahamas, but then once you get over to the Bahamas, you're just going to island hop and you just want to be able to run on one engine um, to, you know, save fuel costs, you could do that. So kind of developing that was a, another level because the LSX currently, those models, although they're multiple engine, don't offer that ability to do that. Um, so this would just be another added benefit. And it really fits that style of boating, that big volume, um, low speed, long range cruising style. So that's kind of another thing that's taken a little bit longer than we anticipated. So anyways, the end of this year for that boat. Um, and then we'll be introducing the LSX 75 with a flybridge. Um, this October at the boat show, and uh, that's you know the 75 again with just the flybridge, same engine propulsion, but also have stabilized system on it as well. And that's again that came strictly from market feedback. People saying, "Love the 75, wish it had a flybridge. Don't like to drive from the inside unless I have to. Would prefer to be on a bridge. If you made it, you know that'd be what I'm interested in." And of course, the 92 had a bridge, and people would say, "Why can't you put that on that?" So market um, you know, request is really what dictated that design evolution as well, and that will be out this uh, Fort Lauderdale boat show. Good, good. You know, you, you hinted at the economy uh, a minute ago, and it's really impossible to talk with anybody these days without the economy coming up in the course of a conversation. Um, you know, a lot of builders I've talked to have said that their phones stopped ringing essentially in September and really only started again around springtime and you know it's it's been a tough go the conversations and negotiations are lasting far longer than ever before what has Lazara's experience been and do you see the signing of the 120 perhaps as a sign of things turning around you know i um we had this past uh fort lauderdale boat show which was last fall we had a great selling boat show we sold six boats there and so I was excited um, about our opportunities going into the new year, um, but I can tell you that through the Miami and, and Palm Beach show, we clearly saw um, a downturn in interest. And the most, uh, mostly what I saw was no sense of urgency. Um, there was plenty of buyers that were at the show, um, but they were waiting to see what was going to happen. What, how was this economy going to affect them? What was it going to mean to them? And then ultimately, they're also waiting to see where's the bottom of this market and, and, the, and thus the bottom of the value of these boats. And I think for us, um, the interest has been there even throughout the summer. I haven't seen a drop in interest. What I've seen, though, is people not committing. And that's been, you mentioned long negotiations. That's something that I had, have, um, had not seen in the past. I mean, these um, negotiations or discussions um, or guys that you have in the system that are just right there to purchase the vote are just now taking that much longer to really make the commitment. And I think one of the things they're afraid of, they want to see is, where is the downside of this market? And, and if I buy this boat today, 
is uh, are six months from now, what's the boat going to be worth? You know, and and as you see the discounting that's going on in our industry, and inventory levels as high as they've ever been, and so while the first quarter of this year it was X discount, but now here we are and it's Y discount, they're afraid by the end of the year is that discount going to continue to grow and grow and what's my boat going to be worth? But one of the things that you you start to see is um, a leveling off of the discounting, and I think that's important. I mean, you can only discount these things so much, obviously, but you start to see a leveling off of that, and then you start to see product moving again, and it's moving very slowly. Um, It's not like the sale of the 120 is open the floodgates. But one thing I I think it reminds us of is that it's this. The people that are buying our boats, um, our lowest price boat is over $4 million uh, on up to $18 million. Guys that are in that market segment buying that price of a boat, they all have the money now. It's not not that something that they lost or something that they're looking to get. They have the money. It's just the comfort of knowing that they're buying at the right time and that uh, the boat isn't going to continue to depreciate, and when is that right time? And so having something out there uh, that not only gives them a great deal but also gives them a great value has been the thing that we've had to focus most on um, over the summertime is just really the value of the product that we're selling. Right, right. You know, the way you've been trying to get that message out about it being, um, you know, a valuable product and to reflect what's going on, on the inside of Lazaro, the way that products are developed and engineered, you've been using a lot of the social media tools like videos and blogging and Twitter for a while now. You know, I follow you on Twitter. I know you follow me. A whole bunch of people in the industry follow each other. But what has the feedback been like for you? Have you heard from a mix of clients and industry reps or one more than the other? Yeah, you know, when – one of the whole reasons we got involved in in blogging and social media and all that was um, just purely for the efficiency of scale for our company. We're a family-owned company. Our our marketing budgets are you know one tenth what our competitors are. So for me, it was a way to compete, um, and it, it's a way that we can get the word out there. So initially, it was mostly um, industry types um, that I was interacting with, conversing with. Um, on all of those things that you mentioned. What I have seen in, within the last three months is a shift, and uh, i got to be honest with you, I've, I've been doing it for just over a year, which isn't a long time, but um, I started even questioning whether our type of buyer is really into this stuff. And uh, if you take um, our Facebook account, for instance, we have seven owners that are on that. Now, these guys are definitely – older than 40 and most of them are older than 50 and they're utilizing that medium to show pictures of their boat and interact with each other and ask questions about what we're coming out with in Hal's Lazera. The the, um, video that I did on the blog was really prompted by two things. Number one, I got a call from a broker. Um, And again, in our industry, rumors are on a daily basis. So, you know, it's not surprising that it's out there, but the call that really, really prompted me to make that video immediately was a call from uh, a guy who was looking to buy one of our boats. Out, this is outside of that broker, which I mentioned on the video, but a client who said, I was going to buy your boats, but I hear you're going out of business, and I don't want to be stuck without a boat that can be 
you know, warrantied. And so that's when it hit home is that um, he says, and I follow your blog, and I hadn't seen that you'd posted, and I was out of town for the month of July. So that's when it really hit me that our clients are looking at this stuff. Because um, here's a guy who had followed our social media blogging Twitter account and hadn't seen any action on it during the month of July and was concerned, had heard rumors, and then I get a call from that broker. So I decided to just put the video out there. I think it's a, it's an important medium. I am um, convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is an opportunity for our industry to utilize. For a company of our size, um, and most importantly, a company that's family-owned, the conversation is what's most important. Um, as an uh, owner of the company, last name was there, I can converse with industry types, but more importantly, I can converse with our clients and our owners on a one-to-one -one basis. I don't need um, to channel large marketing events or large dollars. Not that those aren't important for branding, because I still think that they are, and other mediums are very important. But that conversation that you can have via um, very various tools, of which we've mentioned some, um, that to me is, again, it's nothing new. I mean, that's getting back to basis. It's the meeting face-to-face -face and shaking hands, or it's picking up the phone and calling them, but it's just one other medium that uh, you can utilize to keep that conversation going, and that's really what it's about, a, a conversation. Yeah, way. definitely. Definitely, I agree with you on that one. It's a terrific two-way conversation, and you know, it's the, the quickest, fastest way to do it and, and far more efficient than anything that's ever come before it. So great. Well, Rich, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. We're unfortunately out of time here, but maybe we can have you back in a couple of months with an update about the 120 and some other things you've been doing. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure, Diane. Thank you for having me, and keep up the good work with the uh, website and all that you're doing to um, pr promote this stuff because this is, uh, like I said, this is the future, and I appreciate the fact that you're on the leading edge of it. Oh, well, thanks. Terrific. Well, everybody, if you'd like to learn more about Lazara, you can visit their website, which is www.lazarayachts.com. And I also encourage you to read Rich's blog, which is at www.lazarayachtsblog.com. That's all one word, Lazara Yachts Blog. Once again, this is Diane Byrne. Thanks so much for tuning in to Mega Yacht News Radio. To learn more about the Mega Yacht market, you can read my daily blog and see exclusive videos at www.megayachtnews.org.